Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up, and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, the Whitley Comic Book Podcast, hosted from King's Comics Live in Sydney. I don't know, I'm messing up all the things that I meant to say at the start. Uh, my name's Siobhan Levins. Her name is Andrew Coombs. And every week we read all of the week before last's comics, apparently, uh, because it's January. Uh, we're holidaying. Uh, some of you are holidaying, I assume. Yeah. It's impossible to keep up with all these comics. Anyway, my name's Levins. My name's Siobhan. We read the comics. That's all you need to know. We tried to read the comics. We tried. We tried to read the comics. Um, And all the comics that you're about to hear us talk about on this episode, uh, you can find at King's Comics in Sydney, which is 310 Pitt Street. um, Or you can find them online at kingscomics.com. That's pretty much every single issue we talk about. All the trades we talk about in our Patreon bonus episodes. Uh, One just went up. Uh, mm-hmm. Just after Christmas, uh, all of the uh, co- the graphic novels that we've read over the last month or so, uh, you can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast for speaking of, all speaking kind of, of bonus cool stuff. Sorry, Speaking of trade paperbacks, Kings has a massive sale on trades at the moment. There's oh, really? Amazing stuff. Really, really good. Manga, loads of Marvel trades. It's well worth checking out. There's a big clearance tab on the website. Heaps of good Dark Horse stuff. I was just rifling through that too. Yeah. Some good stuff. There's some stuff that I was really, really shocked was on sale. I was like, wow, we shouldn't. This is worth money. This is good. It's the Bible. Why don't they even sell the Bible here? Why is it for sale? Um, So uh, on today's episode, we're going to be starting the same way we start every episode, and that is by uh, reviewing all of the week before last (laughs) number ones. We're we're one week behind. Eventually, by the end of the month, we will have caught up. Yes. Just got to bear with us a little bit while we uh, try and fit comic book reading around holiday time with our families. Yeah, stupid families. I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying these holidays. I spent most of last week submerged in salt water. That's so nice. Um, that is how I am spending the rest of this week. That's awesome. I'm ne- not getting out of the water. Are you going to introduce Shadowstar to the beach? Yep, he's had a couple of beach trips. He likes sand, ambivalent about water. Tilly is abs- the other opposite. She yep. uh, loves just bit waves just get crashing over her face. And it's hilarious, like wh- how like insanely hungry she is for the for for just for action and chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. Uh, and then uh, next week, this time next week, I'll be in Singapore. Oh my god! 
I've never been. That's if you've got any tips for Singapore, dear listeners, let us know. Uh, particularly ones that have to do with me f- eating, putting food in my stomach. Yes, but also nerdy stuff too. There's some good comic book stores or good like. There's like a, I found like some bizarre like superhero themed restaurants. Cool. I'm gonna take Archie too. Definitely. But that's probably gonna be goofy and the food will definitely suck. But whatever. It'll be, it'll be like it'll be like a shitty burger with the bat logo on it. That's what I want for my <laughs> life. <laughs> traditional Singaporean heritage Batman burger um, yeah but let us know I'm, I'm keen for tips um, but enough about holidays let's talk about number ones uh, there were three in the week that we're talking about I should should I say some comic book podcasts start with the week that these like these comic books came out oh, so yeah. this was two Wednesdays ago Dan are we still talking about comics that came out last year with such has-beens oh my god so these are these are the books that came out uh, on the 27th of December 2017 Old news in this day and age. Old news, but at least it ain't fake news. Hey, what? And that's the only Trump reference you'll get for the entire year on serious <laughs> issues. Uh, there are only three number ones uh, during the last week of December, uh, and we're going to review those three books now in a little segment we call First Things First, in which we review all of the number ones. Uh, let's kick things off with uh, one of two Marvel books. This one is called Phoenix Resurrection, and it's the big new X-Men event about the return of Jean Grey. The original Jean Grey, not the other recently returned Jean Grey, who's a young version. This is the old version who died a couple times, but she's back and will almost certainly not die this time. Uh, This has been written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Lionel Yu. Um, And uh, uh, this is like just a bizarre thing that kind of like, apparently this was something that was pitched by Matt Rosenberg, who was a writer that we quite like. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's very strange that the Jean Grey series, which is written by Dennis Hopeless, which I was quite enjoying, has been put on hold. And uh, I guess like the the last issue of that was like that version of Jean Grey, like reduced to a skeleton as the Phoenix just destroyed her. Mm. So unfortunately, you know, like Dennis, whatever Dennis Hopeless was hoping to achieve with his run, it seems to have been steamrolled by this, uh, this event. But was it worth it, Siobhan? Uh, I read this book a week and a half ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me what happened in it. I'm confused because I read, <laughs> I read the second issue also. And so I don't think I enjoyed this issue much, but I enjoyed the second issue more. So it gets better. I thought so. Just like being a gay teen. Just like being a gay teen. Um, but this was like a bit of a mess. Like, I don't think this is, I don't think this is anywhere close to Lionel Yu's best work. It's real static and it looks kind of rushed. And I don't think the colors do much to improve the situation. Um, and it just, I didn't, there were a whole bits that I didn't understand. Like when these kids are like knocked out and floating, they don't even look like they're floating. What's going on? Um, what about from a story point of view? I can't remember what happened. Um, <laughs> Something, something, Kitty Pride as no personality and is just like boring mum haircut. I'm the boss of the X-Men now. Cool. Yeah, that That's fun for and everyone. And also the, this iteration of Jubilee is really weird too. Like she yeah. like just straight up just takes a bite out of someone's neck because yeah. she wants to see if they're a vampire or not. I don't know. And it has nothing to do with the like super cool version of Jubilee that is in the uh, best X-Men series, Generation X, yeah. which has also been cancelled. Thanks a lot, Marvel. Um. Yeah, something, something, weird stuff's happening and the X-Men are like, I think it's the Phoenix. And so they're going to go investigate. But then there's also like a weird teen or like young adult version of Jean working in a diner. Teen And gray. just weird shit's happening. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. It's like, yeah, like this Twin Peaksian kind of other world in which Jean Grey and Scott are both there. Like Cyclops yeah. are there. I don't know. Who knows? It's like a diner thing. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of like Pleasant Hill. Yeah, the, what's the, it called? Um, <coughs> Avengers, 
something, something, something. Nick Spencer <laughs> led into events. Assault. You know what I mean. Assault on Pleasant Hill. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. Something like that. Might as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was uh, a pretty nothing uh, first issue. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that the second issue is better. I have that in, in a pile right next to us. Apparently, Siobhan is worried that, we, that she's mixed up issues uh, from between the weeks. So it's that, entirely possible, what an, even, what an even more fun thing to add to this already yeah. <laughs> funny episode. <laughs> Serious issues. We'll be on track by the end of the month, guys. You don't need to worry about living in the past anymore. Um, yeah, a weird a weird number one issue to this event that I didn't really re- want to read to begin with. Yeah. But you, I'm, you know what? I like Matthew Rosenberg a lot. And too. so I'm totally on board. If he, if he somehow gives Jean Grey a personality... Mm. Then that's cool by that's fine by me. But at the moment, she's still just boring. I have red hair and everyone loves me. Um, but I, I I grew to quite like the young version of her. I know. And now they're gone. I don't know. Whatever. Comic books. It'd be cool if she had like some weird interdimensional time travel thing. What? Like if she was like the booster gold. <laughs> what if she was teen gray by day and then adult lady gray? Lady gray. Lady gray, <laughs> lady gray by night. Teen gray by what? day. Lady gray by night. So you have like. Jean Grey by like the night version, adults yep. only, and then yeah, adults only. <laughs> Just her fucking Wolverine <laughs> for twelve hours. Um, Terrible until the sun comes up. <laughs> um, so also from Marvel this week was a uh, a new uh, Star Wars number one. I didn't read this. It's called The Storms of Crate. It's a one shot written by Ben Blacker and Ben Acker. Oh, I like um, that. With art by Mike Mayhew, who I also like. But this is Mike Mayhew doing shitty photo referency as hell. Star Wars faces that really take you out of the story because oh, it just... Oh, weird. Because you're like... exactly like Harrison Ford. Well, you're like, oh, I've seen that exact static image somewhere yeah, before. Yeah, and then yeah. your mind kind of is like, you know, was that actually from Star Wars or was that from one of Harrison Ford's many other movies? <laughs> and then you start thinking about Air Force One. Was it good? <laughs> it should, was. Should it be made Lucasfilm canon? Yes. What if, what if Han Solo was the president? <laughs> That's a world I want to live in. Uh, the Storms of Crate is a story that... Um, have you seen The Last Jedi yet? No, no, I haven't. I liked it a lot. Yeah, um, I and see the finale it. is uh, takes place on this um, like salt planet, and beneath the salt is like these like red kind of crystals. Cool. Um, and uh, it's this this planet that's had like a a, a long out of use uh, rebel base on it. Cool. And so they return to it, and this basically tells a story of how it was founded. Um, and of course, it is set uh, in between. Uh, I think episode three and four, four, four and four and five. I guess I don't know. No, actually, maybe maybe five and six. Who knows? I can't remember. I read this a week and a half ago, and I've read many comics since. So uh, far, this is going well. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's a, it was quite a sweet little story about um, about Luke and Han and uh, and Leia um, coming to Crate for the first time. This really cool uh, salt planet with red beneath it. Cool. Um, you, it's a very striking image, seeing things fly over it and revealing the red beneath the salt. Um, and uh, yeah, look, as far as a one shot goes, like Mike Mayhew's art is much better than he was forced to do here. Mm. The photo referencing stuff needs to stop because all the Star Wars books, like the great Darth Vader series at the moment with the Kamen Coley art, that, that's great because it's just him doing cartooning. It's not photo referencing shit. Yeah. Darth Vader wears a helmet. What do you need a photo, photo reference? True. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just wish they would stop doing it. And I feel like it's like a mandated thing that editorial is like, no, it, it must look exactly like the pictures of yeah. them because how will they know who, who it is? The it, next, it looks weird. The next one shot we're getting is a one shot about um, the unnamed uh, Benicio del Toro character in The Last Jedi, Ooh. who has a speech impediment. So I, I love it when they have to, uh, you know, write that into speech speech bubbles. What's his speech impediment? Um, he just kind of like um, stutters, has a weird kind of tick almost. Oh, okay, right. Uh, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we need any of these, but I'm going to read them. Yeah, because I'm an idiot. 
Nice. Uh, so also on the number one front, we got a first issue from uh, DC that ties into the Dark Knights Metal event. Uh, this was called Dark Knights Hawkman Found and uh, is notable because it is Jeff Lemire's big return to DC um, after you know running for Marvel for a few years and various other publishers. Uh, was the last thing he wrote for, D- for DC would have been the Justice League of America book. Oh. But he yeah. also did Justice League Dark. He did mm-hmm. um, Animal Man. He mm-hmm. did Frankenstein, Ag- Agents of Shade, which is a secret favorite did of he do mine. Green Arrow, and Green Arrow with really Andrea like Sorrentino. Um, all really good books. But he hasn't. You know, they, they were years ago. This is him returning to DC. You would think he would, it would be on a book that was very, very good. That really showed why it's awesome that Lemire is back at DC. But instead, we get this, um, yeah. uh, written by Lemire with art by Brian Hitch. And uh, I can't really fault Brian Hitch's art. This is, this is Brian Hitch doing what I like. Brian Hitch doing, and that is right uh, drawing and not. Writing. Yeah. Um, but uh, we also get inks by Kevin Nolan, so that's a great team. Yeah. Um, and um, colors by Alex Sinclair and Jeremiah Skipper. It's um, not a bad looking book. It's, it's a great looking book, but I just found the story to be just very, very generic, pointless. Mm-hmm. Like this book didn't really need to exist. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, a, a strange version, like a slightly off kilter version of Hawkman to what we've seen before, of him kind of stealing the parts that make him Hawkman. Um, and it kind of getting you up to speed as to what just happened in the last issue of um, of Dark Knight's Metal. Are you still reading that event? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, I have to. We're invested enough to keep to finish it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Have you got any thoughts on this? I mean, it's a, it's a 5 out of 10 in terms of Hawkman's hairy chest. Could have <laughs> done with a lot more hairy chest. I don't like if that's what He's his, had his wings look like. He's I'm had a little shave. Um, like, yeah, like, not much happening. I mean, I guess stuff happened in this, but it's all kind of to do with that weird, like, Scott Snydery. Ooh, I love animal totems and, like, weird trying to do meta stuff that I don't think heaps works. Um, that's fine. That's <laughs> there fine. it is. The first It's Fine of 2018. Jeff Lemire can do better. We know he can. I feel like this was kind of something they were like, do this quick. Um, and he's probably put more effort into the terrifics. Yeah, looking forward to that coming out very soon. Um, so those are our, the three number ones this week. Um, there's not many next week either. I know because the pile is, is right next to me. Um, I think there's like fucking five Batman books to read for next week. Yeah, there's a lot of Batman books. Um, whatever. It's a big seller. He's uh, the biggest, most famous superhero that ever was. Um, but now we play a game called Roll the Dice for Marvel Image and DC to figure out whether we review Marvel Image or DC next. Uh, if it's one to two, we read Image. Three to four, it's Marvel. Five to six, it's DC. And the first number is four, so Marvel first. And then the second number is three, so Marvel again. Great. And then three, so Marvel a third time. And finally one. So Marvel, Image, and then DC is Great. the order we're going to review the books in. Let's kick off with uh, an ode to Bendis. Um, you didn't read either of these books, but I just want to talk about them quickly. Yeah, cool. Um, this was uh, Bendis at his most Bendis-y. Is and that I a good thing No, or it's not. I don't, I don't think it is good. And, you know... I know he's not going through the greatest of times right now, but it's safe to say that he wrote these before he had uh, potential blindness and was ho- stricken to a hospital bed. Our also, thoughts are with him and hopefully he gets a speedy recovery. Absolutely. He's, Doesn't mean he necessarily runs great comics. He does sometimes. And, and I feel like he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's ended, he ended 2017 very strongly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in the final, year, final week of the year, we got the final issue of Spider-Man 2. And uh, 
the 595th issue of the Invincible Iron Man. I'll talk about Iron Man very quickly first. Uh, this is written by Bendis with uh, great art by Stefano Caselli and Alex Maleev, um, with colours by Marte Gracia and Alex Maleev. Um, and uh, this is still... Um, it's like the coming together of like Riri Williams as Iron Man plus um, Doctor Doom as whatever mm-hmm. he's doing in the Iron Man suit. Um, and those parts of it are fine. But at the heart of it, you also have this returned bald version of Tony Stark, who since oh. this run began has been like pretty much like lying naked, hairless on the floor. And Great. people are looking for him. And I think we're like three or four issues into this run now. And finally, um, he... Iron Man sees uh, his mother weeping over his over his his body. He's like moved into an Iron Man suit, and then she she talks to him, and they catch up. He catches up with Mary Jane, and then everyone's there. All the heroes, all the heroes are there. They've come to see him. Guess who else is there? <coughs> Rhodey's there. Whoa! Recently Rhodey deceased Rhodey. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, but which means. This entire issue was a fucking dream. And this issue ends with Tony Stark still on the floor, hairless, and he's wearing an Iron Man suit now, so he's not naked. Oh. uh, (laughs) He's not even naked. He's not even naked. What's the point? Uh, But I just, like, it's just absolutely, like, you know, stretching out this this plot point that I just wish we'd move faster. Um, And that that is, like, a very core part of what it is to read a Bendis superhero book, I think. And Mm. I can't wait to do that over at DC. Woo! Stretch that shit out. Um, but look, I'm, I'm enjoying um, the Doom stuff. And I like that he's brought, like one of my favorite Bender's characters that he wrote in his Avengers run was The Hood. Mm-hmm. And The Hood is back now. Oh, cool. um, and he's kind of like jumping from uh, Bender's title to Bender's title. And it's pretty enjoyable. But uh, yeah, please get a fucking move on. Tell me what's happening with, <laughs> with Tony Stark. It's just getting... Uh, just, Old fast. Yeah, that's right. Um, and over at Spider-Man number two... And things that have died. Uh, this was the second event that brought together Miles Morales and Peter Parker as Spider-Mans. Um, they first did it when they were in separate universes and it was their first meeting together. And it felt like this, oh, wow, this is a cool novelty. Mm. Now they both live in the super same universe and they're finally answering the questions from the first miniseries. But they're like, they live in the same universe. Like, who cares that they're together? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. together all the time. Yeah. They're together last week in the Avengers, for yes. example. Um, but this issue number five was written by Bendis with um, art by um, Sarah Pacelli who I love. She's great. She's so um, and uh, Mark Bagley shows up oh. as a pencil on this one. Now, why would Mark Bagley show up on this, on this title for the first time? Um, you know, he's, he's worked with Bendis many, many times, most famously on the ultimate Spider-Man books. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know that the ultimate universe uh, ended, right? It ended. Right. It was the end. Yeah. It, there was it, no it more exploded. Of that. And that's the end. We got Miles Morales and his like mum and his best friend were the only yep. surviving members of that universe. <laughs> Everything else is over. Yes. Um, and so this. And that's how it shall stay forever, right? Apparently not. Uh, oh. um, in ending this miniseries, uh, Brian Bendis uh, sends this the 616, the older version of Miles Morales. He's looking for a version of, of his dead girlfriend somewhere in the multiverse, and he gets sent to a universe which is drawn by Mark Bagley, featuring uh. lowercase text. So the ultimate universe still exists and it has its own version of uh, many, many of uh, Marvel's heroes. Oh, what are you doing, Bendis? I, I, I don't know. Like, will this ever like make a return? Hopefully it won't be written by Bendis. Yeah. Maybe, get, maybe this is what they get Hickman back because I loved Hickman's take on the ultimate universe. Yeah, that was way more fun. Uh, but yeah, very, very strange. Um, 
like Riri Williams is a is a part of this what uni- ultimate universe now. Okay. And then all of the um the regular kind of uh you know the giant man the grey hulk, cap and the Iron Man with the ultimate hammer they're all still around all oh. your favorites and they're talking in lowercase word balloons. <laughs> That's good. So yeah, very very strange. I was not expecting this to go. It wasn't so much the closure that I was expecting to get of this. Yeah. But I was like, I guess you kind of created this universe and you may as well not let Fair it die. Well, yeah. but I'm a, but don't you want things to die so no one else can fuck with it? Yes. That's the opposite of what I Bendis want everything wants. to die. <laughs> so a very, very strange end, uh, you know, and, and we've got, I think we must have like, you know, 10-ish issues of Marvel Comics by Bendis before he moves over to DC for good. So who knows what they're going to be like. Who knows what he's going to fuck up before he leaves. <laughs> Just leave it in flames. Peace out. Um, so uh, we've got a whole bunch of books that Bendis didn't write. Yay! And uh, we've been quite enjoying a uh, the, at least the previous two issues to this one um, of the new Moon Knight run by Max Bemis. Called uh, Crazy Runs in the Family. With art by Jason Burrows, inks by Guillermo Ortego, and colors by Matt Lopez. Um, this uh, started out so strongly by introducing a new villain with an incredible backstory and just making this really powerful, scary figure. Then in the second issue, they kind of like brought back Bushman, who's like one mm-hmm. of you know, kind of the big Moon Knight adversaries. And it really looked like this was going to be like a really fun, cool and different run. And then this issue just fucked it all up for me. Really? Yeah, I hated this issue. What? Uh, so this this issue, like for one, they like, they have this really, really fun and exciting character, new character, this new villain yeah. that isn't tied to anything besides like a vague link to like, you know, he's the fire to the moonlight according to old like Egyptian yeah. god stuff. Um, and then immediately... Powered by Ra. Now that now they, they, they tie him into into Moon Knight's backstory, like by making it so overcomplicated and, and like he's now like teamed up with Bushman and they, that it turns out that Marl, Marl, is it Marlene? Yeah. Their ex-girl, his ex-girlfriend has been seeing one of his split personality guys and had a baby with his yeah, split personality. Yeah, come on, that's great. That's so funny. That really made me laugh. I just like, thought, I just think this issue treated Marlene like absolute shit. Oh, really? I don't know. I kind of liked it. She was like, she knew, oh, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was like real silly. I think it looks great. Oh, I think look, that the, the voice, art's the best, but yeah. The voice that they have for Mark Spector, I think is really funny. Like he's so flawed. He's so complicated. And he's like, I know I shouldn't call Marlene. I know I shouldn't. This is a bad idea. And then he picks up the phone and it's like, hey, Marlene, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to come see you. It's just, I, I'm still... Look, I, I'm, I'm not going to drop it because, I, you know, of one issue, but this was just not the direction I, w- I was hoping or even expected this this to take. And, uh, you know, like B- Bushman, who is like a long time uh, bad guy for Moon Knight, is like, finally, I can finally get one up on Moon Knight. And I just thought he was just going to kill him or something like that. But instead, he like stages this like episode of Jerry Springer in his <laughs> ex-girlfriend's living room. Like, how is that like a game plan? Like, oh, great. I finally have access to this guy who has the power to burn things and like create <laughs> fire. I know what I'll do. I'll reveal to Moon Knight that he has a daughter. Yeah, because it's like, it's like psychological warfare. Yeah, Take why you do down you need the many? fire guy? <laughs> like, this guy, finally, finally, I have a guy who has the power of Ra. I've also got a picture of a daughter. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. I love this villain. I think he's such a like... It's just, it's so silly and like camp and over the top. And I think that's, I, I enjoy it. Wayne is sh- like sadly shaking his head at me as if I'm some kind Scott, of moron. Scott gave you the thumbs up. Scott agrees with me. The, the, well, the, the I office know who, has been torn in half. Everybody. I know who I'm backing in a fight. So 
They did not turn into Turn into Jerry Springer. <laughs> anyway, the colours are incredible. The Judge Mooney. so good. I love it. I love everything That's about it. That's a really book. good joke, everybody. And Shimon didn't even pay I'm, attention. I'm not even listening to you anymore. <laughs> I don't take any of your opinions seriously. But I, li- I like the conflict between Mark and Jake. I think that's fun. Yeah, I think the way it deals with his split personalities is really, really good, although potentially problematic, but whatever, yeah. comic books. Comic books. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I, I didn't like the way it treated Marlene. And I, I don't like this, like, you also have a daughter. Yeah, come on, sp- that's hilarious. Yeah, okay, I'm starting to see Moon the has, Now he's going to have to, like, take her to school gonna have to teach her to read there are so great. few super i remember i was like when i started this podcast i was like it's so cool all the superheroes are dads now yeah and now i'm like god damn it i just want one superhero that doesn't have a kid <laughs> <laughs> i just want a book to escape my own <laughs> children with <laughs> um let's talk about thanos thanos issue number 14 written by donny cates with uh, art by jeff shaw and colors by antonio fabelio um, this uh, deals with uh, well, Thanos. We all know has children, uh, mm. has for a long time. But did you know that Thanos is a son? Wait, he has no, a that, mom. Wait, no, wait. That's not his dad, is it? It's, 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 it, did you know that Thanos has an older version of himself <laughs> that he's now caught in the reality of? In a universe in which Thanos wins, in which he is the only remaining thing except for his weird Ghost Rider Herald, who is still, we still don't know who that is. Yeah, which is cool. Um, I the, the, apparently the, the the big the big thing to take from this issue is Thanos's real name was revealed. Yeah, I saw really? a lot of he- I, lo- I saw a lot of headlines about? like Thanos's real name's finally revealed. I'm like, I read the book. I could not tell you what it is. Yeah, was it Hank? Frank. <laughs> Why do we both go to Francis? Hank? <laughs> no, it has to Frank Oz. <laughs> Frank Oz. He's, His name is Frank he's, Oz. He's puppeted by Frank Oz. <laughs> Um, but this whole issue is about this older, grey-bearded version of Thanos in, in this universe in which he has uh, has won everything except he's lost someone. And that someone is the love of his life, death. And Who so... So funny. So that's comics, this. The, like these two comics made me just like oh, comics are so silly, and I love them. Like on a <laughs> dead planet with rivers of blood, Thanos has built a giant, sexy statue of death, and she's like a sexy woman with big boobs, but then still has a skull face. That's everything I want from a Thanos comic. Do you reckon skeletons have like a, a Botox equivalent? Oh, like a like a lift, like, yeah, like a bone you know, lift. You know, lift up that yeah, weird just, like, triangle shave, part of your nose. Shave off little little fragments of yeah. Oh, that's cool. Get better better cheekbones. I um. Where'd she get the tits though? Is the big question. The skeleton tits. Yeah, that's true. What's, yeah, skeletons don't have tits. <laughs> I'd go to a lot more funerals <laughs> if they did. <laughs> How many do you go to as is? I go to a surprising enough. Oh, that's real sad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> No jokes there. Anyway, this book's great. It's really good. This is my favorite of the two uh, Kate's Marvel books at the moment. I'm still enjoying Strange, but I, I just enjoy it. I think this, he took this Thanos book in a, in a direction that I was hoping, like, you know, a new fun direction. Yeah, I like how big he's thinking in terms of these books, and he doesn't. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's fun. Real fun. You know what isn't fun? Tell me more. The Punisher. Uh, uh. Punisher, the <laughs> platoon. Uh, issue number four, written by Garth Ennis, Goran Parlov, and Jordi Belair. Are you still reading no, this? No, I just it. can't deal with it. It's like I know, I know it's good. It's just I just don't like. The there comics. were some very hard to read moments. This dealt with basically. Um, this is all about like the the first platoon that um, Frank Castle served as captain for. 
Um, sergeant, sorry. Is he sergeant? No. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I've never fought. I've never served Army everybody. Thing. Really? Big surprise. <laughs> Siobhan goes to heaps of funerals, but I've never served. <laughs> They're for all of the soldiers that died because they weren't under my watch. Um, but uh, this, uh, this issue, this, this, this whole series has been yeah, it's set in, during Vietnam and it's about the kind of horrors of war and how methodical Frank Castle was in his thinking even before he was the Punisher. And um, it's a, you know, Frank, Garth Ennis uh, is... At his best, I think, when he's writing a war comic, because mm-hmm. um, he's able to kind of talk about the, the 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 worst sides of war in a way that is quite confronting, but also entertaining. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not it's like yeah, exactly. It's a page, they're still page turners. Um, and uh, this issue kind of dealt with like the, for the first time we're seeing it from both sides. We're seeing like a um, uh, a, a general for the Vietnamese army who's you know kind of. This isn't, this isn't his first war either. Mm. And we're, we're seeing kind of what motivates him and how he motivates his troops as well. Um, and then kind of you compare that to the way uh, Frank Castle motivates his troops and, and re- react, relates to and, you know, interacts with uh, various people on his side. Um, and all the while there's a kind of, you know, uh, an, another kind of Vietnamese soldier that's kind of starting to target his platoon. Mm. Um, it's, a really, it's a really, really good book. Um, yeah. And I think it's one that's going to lend itself to being read very well in trade. So if you uh, if you have heard us kind of talking about this each month and going, ah, shit, I should be reading it. I, fear not. I think it will definitely read, I think, better mm. in one collection. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm still very much enjoying it. It's one of, the, one of the better Marvel books coming out at the moment for me. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? We'll talk about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yes, please. Or just Moon Girl at the moment because Devil Dinosaur is still stranded on a planet somewhere in space. Get him back. Get him back. back. Of course he will. Um, but uh, this is written. I didn't realize we, this is now written by Brandon Montclair, um, with um, who was. He's always been writing this. Wasn't it Amy Reader? They were writing it together. Okay, sure. Right, but now that yeah, he, Brandon Montclair is, is the writer of this arc with Aletha E. Martinez on art, colors by Roberto Poggi with uh, Aletha E. Martinez, and color, colors by the great Tamara Bonvillain. Um, this is the best. Um, who was it? Who was originally doing the art on this series? I can't even remember her name. Was it Rita? I can't remember. It's, it's Rita Montclair Bustos. Natasha yeah, Bustos. Natasha Bustos. So yeah. this is the best I've seen someone who's not Natasha Bustos do Moon Girl. Mm. Yeah, I was a bit worried when I saw her name not on it anymore. But um, no, this is really good. This is um, a really, really fun uh, kind of issue in which Galactus, who is now the life bringer, um, mm-hmm. comes to Earth and um, Silver Surfer goes out to, to get... Um, Moon Girl, he requests an audience with Moon Girl. Um, and meanwhile, Ben Grimm, um, the thing is kind of like just, you know, walking out in his old stompy ground of Yan- Yancey Street and uh, learning that, you know, that, that basically people are like, when are, you gonna, when are the Fantastic Four coming back? And mm. it's a big, big theme in Marvel right now. I feel like this is a great companion book to the um, Marvel two in one thing that Chip Zdarsky's doing. Um, and. Uh, they then get attacked at the end of the issue by uh, a, a bunch of beings that resemble different Fantastic Four members. Yeah. It's good fun. I really, like Really, really fun. It's a fun, really, really fun book. There's some really fun, like, uh, little visual gags as well. Like, there's a bit where Lunella is, like, um, she's, like, paused. She's thinking. She's, like, leaving face. Just like face, you did. She has little, yeah. You have the same face as you were pausing. She has little ellipses above her head. Oh, I didn't I even thought that, that was really cute and fun. And I like um, also when Ben Grimm gets arrested at the end and they just put little um, cuffs over his thumbs because it's too big. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> just really cute. Like, this is such a sweet book. It's so funny. Lunella is such a, like, 
just a legend of a character. I just great love character. Her. I want to be her friend. And I love that the, the letter section in these books is so great because they're so all ages. Oh, it's it's so just, sweet. just always kids sending yeah. pictures of themselves dressed up as Lunella or like, yeah. just holding the comics. It's great. Their own little drawings. It's the best. It's great. It reminds me of uh, like watching Saturday morning cartoons, and at the end, you'd yeah. see like people would like. Like kids would send in like insane drawings. Like I could never in my wildest wishes hope to draw as good as those kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally. then they would win like an entire room's worth of toys. Yeah. What a what a life. I never I never once entered I never wrote not once wrote into Saturday Disney. I wrote in a number of times but was just never good enough to be featured. Damn. Whose life is more depressing? Let us know. <laughs> Serious issues <laughs> at kingscomics.com. Um Black Panther this week we out issue number hundred and sixty eight oh, by Tana Coates, Chris Browse. Um, Carl Story, Weldon Wong, Matt Miller, and Chris Sotomayor. Um, and uh, this is great because it's all about, like, you know, does Black Panther stand with his country or it, does he, you know, is he the vigilante-esque hero mm. that, that you know, it's, it's, it's about, like, diplomacy versus... Is he a king first or exactly, is he an Avenger first? Exactly. Um, but usually that would be, does he fight for Wakanda or does he fight for the world? Yeah. This is entirely Wakanda based. Right. It's like, do you, does, does everything Black Panther does, it, is it all considered political? Ah, that's such an interesting idea. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, this is, and this is just the, the way that Coates has really grown all of his, uh, his characters, especially his mother. Yes. Um, and then, um, so you have her kind of like talking with the Dora, uh, Dora Milaje, mm-hmm. um, and who have lost uh, two of their own, mm-hmm. Ao and um, the two the two girls that yep. had like their kind of spin off series. They've they've been uh, taken hostage by Claw, and um, they're they're begging of uh, like Black Panther to come to, to to rescue them basically. And it's like, well, that will be seen as a political kind of movement against mm. um, another African nation, um, and. Uh, all the while, you know, it turns out they, they are going to, you know. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and um, there's a great moments of, of action and great moments for... Um, Lots of great, like, manifold moments. Manifold and also a new, like, the, the guy from the Wrecking Crew um, who is now... What's his name? The, the dude who uh, yep. is now a member of the crew. Yep. Um, the, who, who's the guy from the Wrecking Crew who, who wields the big um, ball on chain? Not Absorbing Man. Not <laughs> what's his name? Uh, wrecking crew, Thunderball, Thunderball, Thunderball. He's now Great he's name. now a member of of uh, of uh, of Black Panther. Thanks for nothing, everyone. By the way, uh, good job, Kings Comics. Uh, I imagine if we just like, like we had, there was like a like an intercom, then we could ask the entire store. <laughs> Excuse me, everyone. This is uh, serious issues. We're just opening to know uh, what was uh, what was Peter Parker's girlfriend in 1989. The alternate version of him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Black Panther, really, really good. It's This arc is called Claw Sans, Stand Supreme. And as it stands, I've never really read a really great um, Ulysses Claw mm. story. And this is shaping up to be one, which is great in the lead up to the movie, which I'm very excited for. Great. You're going to see that one? Yeah. Crying Room? Yep. Yep. Great, great fun. Where I just go and cry by myself. Um, hey, I should have put this in the Bender section at the start of this uh, segment because yeah. you read it too. Jessica Jones, issue number 15 uh, by Brian Michael Bendis with Michael Gaydos and Matt Hollingsworth on art duties. Uh, the purple man is back, um, and, uh, he can't die apparently, even though he gets killed by Jessica Jones at this point, he immediately gets back up. He's like, something, something happened. And, uh, finally the war, the unthinkable has happened, uh, after taking over the mind of Jessica Jones's child, what's the only, only worst person that he could take over the mind of? No, not Luke Cage. He's already done that. This time he's taken over the mind of Captain Marvel. Jessica's best friend. She has a lot of powers. Yeah. Uh, 
This is an icky arc. It is an icky arc. Because I, I, he's an icky villain, and I like. I'm always torn because I'm like, I think you should be able to address things like this in superhero comics, but also it just makes me feel icky, and I don't like it. Because he didn't implicitly implicitly do all the things that he did in the Netflix series in the comics. But it's heavily implied. It, like uh, they go in go in depth with it in it in the Alias series. Um, yeah, he like made her watch him yeah. have sex with other women yeah, and stuff. Like, he's still it's still super icky. Yeah, it's not but good. like you know when you, in the Netflix series, you, you know she pretty much says you know you raped me. Yeah, and you, there is like this unspoken. They've brought that version of the character into the comics now. I guess yeah. even though he's purple, actually yeah. purple in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it a bit of a gray or a purple area, purpley gray area. <laughs> Uh, I also read um, uh, issue number 14 of uh, Am- The Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, which is I'm reading because it's been written by Jody Hauser. I should read that. With art by Nick Roche. And it's just, a, it, it's not groundbreaking in any way, shape or form. It's just a very fun uh, superhero book. Um, this time you see, like, they're a family who fight mm-hmm. crime. It's Peter Parker, it's Mary Jane and their daughter. And the book of this book is seen, this issue is seen from the point of view of uh, of MJ as she kind of like, you know, tries to balance the mum life and the superhero life and raising a daughter as a superhero and also as just like a good daughter. And mm. I, I, it's, it's a fun and unique little spin on, on, a, on a classic kind of superhero adventure book. Yeah, cute. I'm enjoying it. Um, I also read, I read Ama- Amazing Spider-Man 793. This is the main Dan Slot series with art by Brian Stegman. This is the Venom Inc. crossover. I did not look like, like Stegman Inc. Yeah, it so really art, doesn't look like a Stegman book in some places, which is odd. I don't know if someone else did. I don't know. Maybe it's the way he's being colored by Brian Reber or yeah, hard to say. Anyway, this kind of sucks. <laughs> now I'm, there's all the gangs of Venoms now. Yeah. I, I, we, um, Jim from King's comics just let me know what like the, the top 10, uh, ordered books of, uh, at King's comics are mm-hmm. and seven out of 10 of them are DC. Yeah. Which is not, you know, shouldn't be surprising to most people. Obviously, Batman is always going to be the most uh, ordered. Yeah. And then uh, you've got your, you know, your big Doomsday Clock event. And then I, di- I didn't realize that, like, things like the Detective Comics is really, really well ordered yeah, yeah, and all that yeah. kind of thing. There's only three Marvel books in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the top one is is The Mighty Thor, which I found quite pleasing. Yeah, that's Because nice. I love that book. It's a genuinely great book. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Star Wars obviously gets in there. Oh, really? It's not really even a Marvel book, is it? No Marvel heroes. And then, uh, yeah, Spider-Man just scrapes in. And it is baffling to me. I think, like, I'm not one of these people that's like, that would ever be like, Marvel needs to do this, Marvel needs to mm. do that. Like, so many people on the internet do, but I do think that, like, the biggest thing they need that needs to be done for them to, like, do wild numbers is to make a really, really accessible Spider Man book yeah, and make totally. it the only Spider Man book. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't, I just think getting rid of slot is like a, is not even getting rid of him, just taking him off Spider-Man. Yeah. Just give him a break from it. Even. I think he give someone else a yeah. go. Has he hit a hundred issues yet? Surely he's a hundred issues. Have. He's been on Spider-Man for Do so something, long. Like, like, I loved Silver Surfer so much. Like, if, if he could, he, I'm sure he has other great stories for other Marvel heroes in him. So, Absolutely. So. And his early Spidey stuff was like so, 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 so great. Like big yeah. time and stuff. That stuff's all amazing. But yeah, something, I don't know what's going on with Spider-Man at the moment. But it's always going to sell well just because it's Spider-Man. Yeah, but it, sh- it, it should be in the top three. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, should be. Yeah. Anyway, that's, just, that, that, that's boring sales talk. Mm. Um, finally, from Marvel, I read X-Men Blue, number 18. Same. Um, why did I read this? I don't know. Boring. Yep. Done. <laughs> I'm, are we dropping this book? Well, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I sort of, I thought it was 
finishing, but apparently it's going to continue, and there's yeah, going to be like got... one billion X Men books again. Air, an an X Men book for every color in the rainbow. Thank goodness, equality wins. And then finally, they all come together for the event. Roy G. Biv. <laughs> it's a good joke. It's good. It's one of the best. That's one of the best I've ever heard. Uh, but yeah, this um, this this I, I'm going to drop blue, so I have a blue yeah, blueless enough. rainbow. It'll be Roy Jiv. Mm, another good. another good joke. Sounds good. <laughs> Those are our Marvel books. Let's talk about uh, image, right? image books. Sure, smallish image week this week. Yeah, I read um, three. But uh, because you enjoyed the first issue of this book so much, I read issue two and I quite enjoyed it. I'm talking about Void Trip, written by Ryan O'Sullivan and Plaid Klaus uh, on art. Um, and this is a you know a big trippy drug uh, voyage yeah. uh, through space. Um, and while these, while these, like you know, two parents, so basically, like it's a, it's a girl who's always drink, eating, all kinds of space drugs. Yep. And she's just tripping balls. Two issues now. Yeah. Um, and like all the while, there's like this kind of robot assassin who I guess is hot and is like he's following them around and might be God. He's killing a bunch of people. He's implied that he's God, which uh, is pretty funny. Uh, and look, I, I feel like the plot isn't really important because so many. Things are revealed to be dream sequences yeah, many, yeah, many yeah. times throughout this book. The art looks wonderful. Um, I had like a problem with the character designs in the first issue because I just thought it was really all over the place. I now realize that's the point. Mm. Um, and uh, the main designer, that robot, I love too. Absolutely. And I really like the main female character who is just such a like... Tripper dude. Yeah, I I just really like her. She's really funny. The panel where she goes, she like walks outside her tent and looks up at the night sky and goes, "Why am I so special?" That really made me laugh. I thought that was good. Um, and there's some really funny like space dude designs, and I'm into it. I like this a lot. Yeah, silly as all hell. It's fun. I, I'm, I'm keep, keep with it. Uh, we also got another issue of Underwinter this week. This. Oh boy. Uh, Ray Fawkes uh, writing the third issue of Underwinter, A Field of Feathers. This is this like weird uh, cerebral kind of horror book mm. um, with a uh, very, very simplistic um, watercolor um, paint, like painted kind of uh, or drawn, uh, like a little bit of both, painted mm. and drawn mm. uh, uh, artwork. Um, and uh, from what I can gather, it's, you know, it's, quite, it's very bent um, and uh, you have to kind of, fill in the blanks for mm-hmm. yourself, which is fun to do sometimes. Um, but their a husband has kind of taken off with uh, his children um, while he, his their, their mother is kind of experiencing either a drug-induced like bunch of weird bullshit or a demon-induced bunch of weird bullshit. And Probably demon. There's, there's a whole bunch of like weird demon birds um, around. It's, it's fucking weird. It's really cool. I'm mm. really enjoying this book. Yeah, it's a really difficult one to describe or explain. I think you just have to experience it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an experience. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I would, I would highly recommend this uh, very strange read. Um, Motor Crush, issue number nine, came I out this week. This you missed this one? Yeah, I'm at that point where I get to at the end of every arc of Motor Crush where I'm like, why do I read this? <laughs> uh, written by Brendan Fletcher, um, Cameron Stewart, and Babs Tarr, who also do all the art stuff as well. Um, this is about uh, a girl who uh, has to take weird drugs because she's an alien. Um, and she races. Oh, is she it. an alien? Is like, that what it is? They they found her on an alien ship. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, and she races in a, in a motorcycle gang, and and uh, she if you give the drugs that she has to take to live to the motorbike, the motorbike goes really fast, and it's, so it's an outlawed street drug for your motorbikes. But she goes missing for a bit, and now she's back, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" And this is like, I don't know. There's too many characters. It's still cool. It's cool. You know what? I have a. 
it, it's a little bit style over substance, this book. Yeah. So, like, it looks incredible. Like, this is a beautiful book and Babsara has gone to, like, you know, an insane level of effort to make everything look beautiful and, and fashionable. Neon and, colors. And, yeah. yeah. But the, uh, the, the plot is a little bit, like... I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, it's 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 fast moving while also being slow. Yeah. So Weird. It, it jumps forward a lot. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, the 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 arcs. Hey, folks! I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Almost over. I'm going to make my decision on whether I keep reading after the end of this arc. Nice. Um, Was this this week or did I catch up on this? You caught up on this one, but let's talk about it. Redlands issue number five. Um, Ooh. Ooh, I love this book. Um, and this is the one that I spoke mostly about the back matter of in our last epi- episode because the back matter is the very, very sad yes. uh, di- diary entries. Oh, uh, my no, good God. Who's, which character do you see those entries coming from? Does it implicitly say? Uh, I can't remember. I can't is, is it one of the witches or is it one of the, is, or is it the girl that's now? I think it is the girl that is inhabiting the body of one, one of, of the, the witches, witches now. Yep, cool. I think that's who it is. Comic books. Comic books. <laughs> but this is like Geordie, like... There are some there are some women in comics who have such an incredible grasp on horror, mm. m- like more so than any male writer I've ever read. And maybe it's because they push specific female buttons that it gets to me more. But like Gail Simone, Geordie Belair, and what's her name who did it's Through the Woods? Through the Woods. No, no, no. Um, I can't think of her name now. But this is like one of this is such a such a good horror comic it is like terrifying and horrible and the art is beautiful and it's it ticks all my buttons emily carroll emily carroll emily carroll um yeah i love this book so much yeah i I, me too i I think it's really really great i think uh the art by vanessa del rey is is really really unique and cool and a big part of what makes the overall vibe so uh creepy yep um and uh, i'm very interested to see what this big threat this kind of father figure to them that's yes. returning to town is going to be he's scary he makes someone chop off his own nose and then eats it and then eats it he says scrumptious <laughs> that's good i liked it a lot um you know what else is scary an enormous savage dragon penis coming all over you <laughs> <laughs> that is terrifying and, uh, and that's 
<laughs> and that's what happens in every issue of Savage Dragon now. <laughs> um, and I got excited because this one was this one came to me uh, in a sealed section. Uh, yeah, like, uh, we, we finally started bagging all the issues of Savage Dragon because there's just there's too many dragon dicks, guys. And even though it came with a uh, a Christmas cover in which Savage oh, Dragon is wearing a Christmas sweater on his dick. Does he? No. No, I'm joking. Well, I mean, he's actually wearing pants on those. Not oh, right. Okay. Um, the this is a, a mostly naked uh, issue in which uh, three female superheroes fight their way out of a weird dimension while oh, naked. Cool. I don't know why they're naked. Maybe because they they've fought till why their, not? their costumes have burned off. Um, but uh, unfortunately, no disgusting sex stuff in this one. I'm so sorry. Just a for some reason naked space battle. Cool. <laughs> Um, I'll keep you posted. Oh wait, oh, there's there's a ferociously naked. Uh, yeah, cool. With a very very detailed v- vagina. <laughs> I respect that. I respect the amount of work that Eric Larson put into that woman's vagina. <laughs> Nothing but respect for my Savage Dragon vagina. <laughs> uh, so that's Savage Dragon update for the month. What you uh, got left? I also read Glitterbomb, the Fame Game issue four. I sort of thought this was a four issue arc. Is it a four issue it's arc? A, it's only like five or six, isn't it? Oh, it's, it says the end question mark. Oh. So this is the end of this no, arc. No, no, it's the end. In the end, I don't know if this is going to continue with just more people trying to be famous getting taken over by this scary demon monster thing. But um, this it's is a cool story. If you like, if you like the themes of, you know. Hollywood corrupting and fame corrupting and blah, 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 blah. Um, this is good fun. I like this. I like the characters that they built up. Jim Zub's really good. The art by um, Gibral Morissette is great. Morissette fan, sorry, um, is extremely good. The colors by K. Michael Russell um, are great. I think this is good. Cool. Awesome. Those are our image reviews for the week. And uh, now it is time to move over to DC. Um, and we're going to kick off DC with the finale of the Commandy Challenge. Issue number 12 of this 12-issue run uh, in which various DC talent uh, told a story, um, a one-shot, I guess, in which that ended in a cliffhanger featuring a, the Jack Kirby creation, Commandy, the last boy on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this final chapter was written by Gail Simone um, with art by Ryan Souk. But also Jill Thompson does the first five pages. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I love Jill yeah, Thompson. Yeah, me too. And I love whoever coloured and inked her work. It's really, it looks really different for her, but um, it's great. Um, and uh, the first five issue, five pages are a dream sequence um, f- featuring Commander, the last girl on Earth. And that was one of those things where I was like, oh, why didn't I think of that? That's yeah, such a great thing. Yeah, you're so thing. clever. Gail's so clever. And she really taps into like things that horrify me. So all the rats come together to make a giant rat. Yeah, but the rats are the good guys. I know, they're but I'm no, so scared horrified. of rats. Okay, I hate them really? so much. Okay. I'm such a loser. They just freak me out. <laughs> um, I thought she was a great choice for finale here Agreed. because it's so just it was, it was such a fun read. Yeah, um, it really was. I thought that the epilogue with Jack Kirby was like a little bit more on the nose. But... I was into it. Written by Paul Levitz with um, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez um, with inks by um, Joe Prado. Um, yeah, like so basically like. Jack Kirby kind of becomes this god-like figure. Which he um, is. Which he is. Um, but like literally in the comic. Yes. Um, kind of dictating to Commandy what he can and can't do and why he can do the things he can do- does. I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was very, very silly. Like, you know, yeah. in, this, in the same way that you loved um, Moon Knight and Thanos this week because it was so silly. Yeah. This was another very, like, this, yeah. this sums up a, a lot of like what, what, what 
I enjoy of, of uh, you know, Golden and Silver Age comics. Totally. And it ends with Detective Chimp, which I'm always going to love. Of course, definitely. Um, and then after that, the finale, this is actually this is a great package, this issue. Yeah. Um, the, 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 um, not what's what's the forward? What's the what's the opposite afterward. of the forward? Afterward, of course, uh, is written by Paul Levitz, who wrote the um, kind of epilogue, um, and uh, it was actually meant to be written by um, the recently deceased uh, um, what's his name? Um, Len, Len Wine. Len Wine, and um, uh, he kind of so not only would we get like a tribute to Jack Kirby, we also get a tribute to Len Wine, mm. which I thought was really really sweet and unexpected. Yeah. Um, overall, I think this Commandy challenge was a huge success. And one of the more yeah. more fun things that that we were able to cover throughout the entire year, um, I think it ended very very strongly. Um, there were definitely some lulls, but it never got to the point where I was like, "This is just bad." Totally, I was just like, "This is a, this issue is a bit of a miss," but it always kind of like, and I feel like there weren't too many creators that did exactly the same thing as well. There were lots of points of difference, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think Al Simone's is up there like maybe top three Absolutely. issues of this on this one i think this and uh what the guy bill willingham's um, yeah. issue they were probably my two favorite agreed yeah yeah this was real fun and i even really like the frank miller cover i didn't realize it was frank miller cover. of course you get him to do it good on you frankie good on you old man frank um i'm bummed that we don't that they didn't announce another commandy challenge for this year off the back of this one but maybe it didn't sell well or i would like love that. for them yeah i would have been surprised if it sold really well but i think it's such a fun concept and they could do it with so many characters you could just do this with everyone yeah and, and I, yeah, I would love them to continue this tom king did his issue with um the dude from ninja turtles doing a dc book for the first time in his life yeah like, that was so cool that was cool um if depressing <laughs> very depressing issue uh but it ended in a very undepressing way which is a word um also this week we got the second issue of batman creature of the night which is uh a four-part um uh fuck i always remember, forget the name of this format but i love it <laughs> Prestige. Prestige format. Oh, I love a prestige format. <laughs> um, prestige format written by Kurt Busiek with um, art by John Paul Leon. This wow. Is the, uh, John Paul Leon is yeah amazing. Um, he, we already know, but this is like this is maybe my favorite thing of his, especially the panels that harken back to uh, Golden Age mm. Batman stories. Um, but this is yeah, this is kind of like the sister story to the excellent Kurt Busiek book, um, Superman: Secret Identity. Um, in which uh, a boy with the name of Clark Kent starts manifesting um, Superman's powers Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of jumps throughout decades of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a a man, a boy whose name is loosely Bruce Wayne who loses his parents and then starts (laughs) manifesting an actual Batman to fight his crimes for him. And uh, the first issue was was great but quite sad and depressing Mm -hmm. and now we see Bruce quite like on top of things Mm. like for the most part. Um, doing doing well um, at, at, at his business and, um, you know, feeling like he's fulfilling his end of the bargain in terms of trying to be Batman and, and make the world a better place. Absolutely. While this, you know, literal bat fights, more well, literal Batman fights mm. crime kind of for him. Mm. Uh, but there are other things that this Batman creature does and potentially... Uh, harms others and other things so Bruce can have a better life. Mm. And Bruce realizes that at the end of this issue. I fucking love this series. Man, it's so good. It's such a fun, like, not fun, but like, it's such a good concept. This is fun. I thought this was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And like, so beautifully executed and like a really interesting idea. I love I love this. Yeah, it's like a celebration of Batman in a way you've never really read before. Absolutely. Like as you see this this guy who's just you know a he's huge grown Batman up, fan. a huge Batman fan, and you know has suffers the same thing that 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 Bruce Wayne suffered. You know, loses his parents, and the way he kind of is still drawn to all the Batman 
things in his life. And mm. so when he decides to start a charity to help um, youths, orphans children, the first girl he kind of is drawn to is named Robin. Yeah. And there's just lots of sweet things like that that like don't make you groan because yeah, yeah, yeah. music is a decorative writer. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, John Paul Leon's art is, is incredible. Mm. This is one one of my favorite books coming out right now. Yeah. And uh, I'm bummed that it's only two more issues, but like you just know it's going to wrap up really it's well. So, uh, yeah, it's and so perfect. So I think we jump forward 10 years each issue. And meanwhile, the, the Alfred character is the, the new level, like, you know, him being gay and that being yeah. the reason that he didn't want to raise Bruce himself because mm. of what, what would the, all the people in the neighborhood say, you know, this, yeah. this young boy being raised by a gay couple. Um, uh, yeah. A lot, man, so incredible. good. Such a good book. What about Doomsday Clock, issue number two, written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank? I can't believe there are 12 issues of this. <laughs> yeah. I feel exhausted by this already. Yeah. At least there's no tie-ins yeah. <laughs> that we know of. Yeah. Um, this is the... Um, the 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 series that brings the Watchmen universe into the DC universe. Finally, just um, what we've all been asking for. Gary Frank's art is great. Yes, and I will say that. Um, yes, Gary Frank. Great colors by Brad Anderson. Uh, I don't like there. There are parts of this I like. Oh yeah. Um, I, I I really like the um, uh, mime and marionette characters who are meant to kind of mirror Punch and Judy, who are yeah. Charleston characters. Same is it Charleston? The, yep. All the way yeah, the Watchmen characters were influenced by. I think they're cool. That's a cool inclusion. Um, I really, really don't like the bizarrely like the 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 least like the characters that I'm used to in this are all the DC characters. Yeah, what a weird version of Batman. But is this the regular version of Batman, or is this like I don't know? And like, and which Lex, universe are they in? And Lex Luthor is really weird too. It's like, like they're in like Golden Age. It said a year in the future? Then why is everything in black and white? Because the doomsday clock, baby. What? <laughs> Wait, what's in black and white? Isn't it like, they're like, oh, some things in this universe are like in the past and some things are in the future or something. Like they're more ahead of us in some ways and behind us in other ways. The timing of this, I also don't understand. I wish that there was more like... Oh, I thought the black and white part was meant to be like... More descriptive? That was the, that, that, that's the past. That's, no, that's the... There was, oh, I can't remember where it is. Anyway, when they're talking about like movies and stuff at some point, maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy, but... I don't understand this. I'm too dumb for this, clearly. Uh, it's, but it's not like, this just kind of like, I, I just, there's no event to it. Like, I just like, I, I, I breeze through this and I just, I finished it. And I was like, huh. Like it ends with, yeah. um, old mate, the comedian is back and he's alive too. And he's hanging he out. Shoots Lex Luthor. Who cares? No, he shoots Aussie man. Oh, he, oh, right. He's aiming for Aussie Mandius and he shoots Luthor. But like, it, it's like a hero moment, but this guy's a rapist. Like, yeah, like... <laughs> I don't get it. There are some okay themes. I like, like, you know, Bruce going through a psych test and, and looking at the ink patterns and you see Seeing Rorschach's, Rorschach's oh, yeah. face pattern come be, be brought up. And this version of Rorschach is now in the Batcave. But, so which... I don't know. Look, there are definitely some answers that I want from this series. Also, someone... Um, I can't remember her name. Someone tweeted the picture of, um, what's his name? Dr. Manhattan in his stupid little underpants and said, cowards. And I agree. Cowards, DC. Give us, give us new Dr. Manhattan. If you are really committed to doing this, yeah, like, do it. Do it properly. Your publishing give us name, a willy. Your publishing name is two letters away from being dick. Yes. Just embrace it and give Dr. Manhattan a big old dick. But like, what is, like, what is... <laughs> 
Manhattan. <laughs> yes, give us Lower Manhattan. Thank you, Jim. But just like, like seriously, come on. Come on, DC. You're trying to be like, no, we're grown up. We're all adults here. There's comic books for adults now. Then make it an adult comic book. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they say shit in it. It was a weak move. Yeah. Why say shit in it and also not show us a big it's old It's just a body, guys. Dong. Everyone's a got one. Everyone's got a dong. Every single person on this, <laughs> on this planet has a dong. We all show have dongs. Show us Dr. Manhattan. Dong to Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Uh, we're still going to keep reading this. Hopefully, we don't, it doesn't become this like pit of negativity every time we read it. Yeah. But it probably will. It probably will because I'm here. <laughs> but I love Gary Frank. I want to yeah. see. I wanted to see Gary Frank's... Dr. Manhattan Dong. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> oh, you're like, yes, the perfect artist has been attached to this. <sighs> Maybe he'll like whip them off. Maybe, cool. Like, he's Maybe. like, in order to harness my true power, I need to, I need to explode, expose myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, man, there were a lot of ba- ba- uh, DC comics this yeah. week, huh? They sure, they sure were. We're going to talk about it next. Uh, should we talk about Detective Comics? Yeah, let's talk about Detective so, Comics. So, so this is. Uh, the big uh, Bat Vengers team of Batman and uh, you know Batwoman and Clayface has been a member of this group and he, they've been kind of like you know he he wants to do good yeah um, and they're working it was on obviously a cure never going to work out and so this finally is is him being brought back to the most evil Clayface that he can be bec- via the uh, the what is it the Vengeance Society or whatever it is the Victim Society Victim Society um, and uh, so now it looks like it's going to be Clayface v Batman. Um, otherwise he starts killing people again. I'm sad about that. I quite liked it. I thought, yeah, I, 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 I kind of bummed. I mean, it was always going to get to happens, this, but like, totally. I kind of wish it didn't. Yeah, totally. Because surely we've seen these kind of stories before. We've all read yeah. a Hulk comic. We've all read like, you know, Riddler becoming good and then being bad again. And just Clayface's arc in this was so sweet. I just wanted him and Cassandra to go off and be friends forever. But the theater group. Go, go to happen. Shakespeare school. Yeah, go to Shakespeare school. I've heard it's really cool, and only cool people do that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I, look, this this series is good enough that you know it will be it'll, it'll deliver a, a pretty satisfying conclusion to this story. Yeah, I hope he doesn't go full bad. Um, Same. Because at the moment he's still it's it's not his fault. But then again, I don't want it to be this more ammunition that the city can use against Batman. Because that shit's boring. Just like if I was in Gotham, I'd embrace Batman. Yeah, like it's like just it's just part of the scenery. It's Absolutely. like it's like donut time. Yes. Like, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, guys. Pie face and donut time. They're uh, everywhere. There's less pie faces in there are donut time now, sure. Oh, really? In, in, like, the greater CVD. This is good content if you live in Sydney. Yeah. If not... We don't ya. care. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Comics. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I read The Flash this week. Oh, yeah? How was it's it? number 37. I read it because, look at that cover. It's a great cover. He's saying Neil before, which is a, a something that, that, that Gorilla Grodd would say, except it's... Or it's, Zod. Gorilla, Neil before Zod, you're yeah. right. But actually, Grodd has said Neil before Grodd, right? You've got to hope so, right? Um, well, anyway, Captain Cold's on the front and he's saying, Neil before Cold. That doesn't work. Now that doesn't work at all. I <laughs> wish this was Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> Fuck this comic. I wish everything was Gorilla Grodd um, all the but, time. But turns out that um, in, in sending all of the rogues to prison, um, Barry Allen has fucked up worse than he ever has before because they've taken over the prison oh, and no. the rogues are living a better life than they've ever lived before. Oh no! So, like underneath the prison, they just like they, they've got all their fortunes and they're plotting to take down Flash once and for all. This um, is exactly. I did a podcast for SBS recently. Their Batman podcast. I can't remember what it was called. I can't remember any of the details you of it. Just the words. I don't know why I <laughs> even brought this up, but this is very similar to the plot of the episode that we talked about. Look it up, guys. You have Google. Was the Flash in it? Nope. Did, it was did, Batman. Did Batman say Neil before Bat? No, but Shelley Winters was in it. 
Um, I want one of Zod saying like, like, like you know, like you, you get like superheroes teaching you how to like read. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like instead of saying Neil before God, he's saying I before E. Yes. <laughs> except up, except after seeing and Captain Cold is right there. Yeah, but that's not even a rule anymore. We don't teach that anymore because really? it's wrong. Oh, More well, times. Well, whatever, right. whatever the modernization of that. Jeez, political correctness gone mad. <laughs> Wonder Woman issue 37. How'd you read it? I read it because you said it would be good. It wasn't. It wasn't. Fuck you, the end. <laughs> I don't know. Zeus is back. But now dead, probably. Oh, yeah, he's dead. That's weird killing a god, like from another thing. I guess Thor is another thing. Marvel uh, Thor, do all the time. Thor is another thing. It's so funny that everyone's like, good on you, DC. You're selling so many more comics because you're just doing what Marvel aren't. It's like, oh, you, they're kind of just mm, doing lots of Marvel the things at the moment. And Marvel still outsells DC just on sheer numbers because they put out yeah, so that's many books. Fucked. I wish I Marvel would put out less books. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> but now I guess I guess the big takeaway from this book is that Dark Side is no longer a teen. So in worst book of the year? Agreed. <laughs> I wish she was still a baby. Or at least a tween. Yeah. Dark Side the tween. Just having him we deal with puberty. Teen oh, Grey and Dark Tween or whatever his name was. <laughs> I don't know. Action Comics, 994. That's a big number, isn't it? It is uh, a big number. Booster Gold and Superman. Uh, Booster Gold tr- refusing to let Superman uh, meddle with um, the place that he was from. Krypton. Krypton. Mm. Uh, because he's gone back to, to kind of where he came from and, and he's fucking with the time stream to try and figure out what happened to his father. Yeah, this is so annoying of Why? Superman. Oh, like Superman just not getting it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're Superman. You're supposed to be better and smarter than all of us. And he's like, no, I want to fuck up the time stream. But he loves his dad. I know, but that's dumb and annoying. No, you hate your dad. Everyone I knows hate. that. Oh, I love my dad so much. <laughs> I can't even joke about it. Um, but but uh, Dan Jurgens' art is pretty good on this. It's pretty Jurgensy. Oh, Jurgens did the art on this too? He did the pencils, but pencils. then four other people did the ink. So it's a little bit inconsistent. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I'm i really enjoying from a story point of view. I think this is, this is hitting, hit, hitting why I like action comics so much. Um, Jurgens does a good, fun adventure comic. I could do more gag with more gags. Like, why have Booster Gold in it? I guess there's not jokes. He's trying to save Superman, so I guess he's got to be a little bit serious. But the next one's like the the tag for the next issue is Boost is back or Boost is home. Quick, look busy. So that, that's a gag. That's a, that's almost a that's joke. That's a good sign. Good. The Demon Hell is Earth issue number two, written by Andrew Constant. Australia's with, own Andrew Constant. With um, pencils by Brad Walker, inks by Andrew Hennessy, colors by Chris Sotomayor. Um, good colors, good art. Colors. Yeah, I um, like this. And this uh, basically is the split of Jason Blood and uh, Etrigan the Demon. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, it is uh, like Etrigan inside Jason Blood, itching to get out. Now we have Etrigan in full control, but Jason Blood acting as his conscience and not allowing yeah. him to do certain things. It's a new take on the character that we've not read before, um, and. Uh, it allows Etrigan to talk to Jason Blood without rhyming, mm-hmm. but whenever he is like publicly Etrigan, he uh, he does some rhyme. Does the rhyming? I like how like fucking grim and evil this book gets in parts. Yes, absolutely. Just sort of setting fire to a little girl. Yeah, with his with his, with his breath. Yes, um, yes, that's a good final page. I really like the use of Madame Xanadu. I think it's really like I really like this book. I think it. You know, goes into some weird corners of the DC universe, and I think that because he has so much, like these characters aren't being used anywhere else. He's he's got sort of license to do whatever with yeah, them. Yeah, totally. Blow up a whole town. It's yeah. Great. But see, I, I like this Etrigan. I like this blood. Yeah, like you said, Xanadu is cool. It looks great. It's a cool book. It's really good. I'm on board. Good job, Andrew. One Constant. of the one of the better DC books I read that during whatever week we read these books. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> 
Um, you read a few I didn't. I did. You didn't read Nightwing the New Order? No, I'm going to have to steal this from you and read it now. We can review yeah, it in eight weeks' time or whatever. <laughs> um, the, I like this less and less as it goes on. Every week but... I like this less and less. <laughs> Good you know joke from 2008 yeah. or whatever. Um, <laughs> That's when I read this book. <laughs> but it does have a cool, weird, like, beardy Superman. Yep. That was good. Okay. So, and he's depowered? Uh, I don't know. Question mark. Something. The bummer. end? The end? Anyway, that's fine. Um, Batgirl also. How many more issues of that are left? One? Yes. One okay, more cool. issue. Right, I'll, I'll catch up and yeah. we'll read both together. We'll talk about it properly. Um, I also read Batgirl issue 18, which was like a little one shot where Batgirl <coughs> fights Harley Quinn. Yeah, I was going to pick cute. this up and then I saw Harley Quinn. I was like, I don't want to read this. It was fine. Hope Larson wrote it. Yeah, Hope Larson, Chris Wild Goose on art still, right? Wild Goose? No, Wild, sorry. Wild Goose. That's, that's 2017. Wild. It's the only comic. Um, when I'm with you, I'll Sam, I Sammy Bazzari. is Wild Goose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's Sammy Basri on art And this is the only comic that I've ever seen That has someone putting on false eyelashes Oh, fun Cool How's um, Larson's Harley Quinn? Annoying? Or the same? Uh, she's kind so of, annoying she's, Yeah, she's pretty annoying She's kind of fine Oh, good Yeah, it was fine Teen Titans this week uh, Tied into the Super Sons of Tomorrow um, Event that's going on across uh, Superman, Super Sons and Teen Titans uh, And um, it's all about the evil future version of Tim Drake, um, who starts this issue and this event uh, in a bat suit, but he gets a new costume in this one, and he's now known as Savior. Yeah, that's like everyone's still just going to call you Tim Drake. Tim Drake from the future, but you're not Batman. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue. Uh, written by Pe- Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with um, art by Ed, Ed Bennis and Jorge Jimenez. I really like that on this. And Richard Friend, and uh, colors by Dine Ribeiro and Alejandro Sanchez. Yeah, this is the best looking uh, issue of this event so far, I think. Yeah. That's a great team. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is a very unnecessary event. And it, it we sure just, is. We just found out that they've added another chapter of this, so it's going to go on even longer. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, I kind of yeah. always wish that they drew Starfire a little bit like when she looks too normal, just with like green eyes and yellow, I mean, orange skin. I wish that they would go like more alien with her, like her eyes. Like when um, George President, her eyes took up like half her face and her hair is like 20 meters long. Yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of what I want. And scales. She just is like a she sexy like scale, lady. Like, like sparkly scales. Yeah. Um, I like Amanda. And also Con- get her tits out. I like Amanda Connor's um, take on her too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I like Amanda Connor's take on everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, I don't know, it's like Superboy is apparently going to be doing something boring and evil in the future. Yeah. Ever, didn't you not read Super- Civil War 2? It was the worst. Yes. Stop doing this, like, stopping, preventing people from making crimes in the future plot. Yes. It's boring. We've all it. seen Minority Report. <laughs> My favorite movie. Is it actually um, a favorite movie? It's really up there. I really like really? Minority Report. I've only seen it once at the cinema when I was still in high school. I thought it was stupid. I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Because I worked in advertising. Um, I, okay, I do quite like this. And if it leads to like that generation of Teen Titans being back in the main DC universe, I'm on board. You I just, love Connor. You want Connor? Always. Is there anyone from that generation that you don't want? Um, nope. Nope. Cool. Bring them all. Bring them all back. Bring them all back. Bring love them all Allen. back to Siobhan. 
That was X Club. That was good. <laughs> Very musical episode today. <laughs> um, we're now going to talk about other publishers. I've got a nice little stack of uh, comics that were not put out by DC, Image, or Marvel. There were some good ones this week. Some very good ones. Or and two weeks ago, gonna, whenever this happened. Whenever the fuck, like, no, 2008. Um, <laughs> Dynamite put out a very good uh, finale to a very good series that we've been enjoying from their Sovereign's imprint. This was Turok, issue number five, written by Chuck, Chuck Wendig with art by Alvaro Saraseca. Um, and uh, this told the story of like a kind of uh, different take a more, uh, of, on, on Turok, the, the dinosaur hunter, I don't know mm-hmm. what his name is, but he's in like this like parallel dimension that's been taken over by dinosaurs and they've stolen all the children from Earth and they're eating all the children from Earth and he's trying to find his daughter. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's a tragic reveal linked to that. Very, very devastating. Um, but best Made thing about sad. this series is that they've, they've now this concludes them reintroducing these characters into their imprint. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we get from the Sovereigns is this big kind of set in the 80s. There's like a preview, a crazy preview at the back of it. Did you read yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so now it's like, yeah, it's like Magnus and um, so- Dr. Solar, um, Turok. No, uh, it's introducing Solar. Right. Anyway, whatever. Dr. Spectre. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it, this is a really, really cool universe. Like, yeah, I love it, guys. We, we've made comparisons to Valiant every time we've talked about it. But, but it's I, kind of almost more self-contained like that. Like, you can read, like, what, three different series and you can be totally across the Sovereign's universe. And it's really good. I don't think there's so been far. one series yeah. that I've not enjoyed. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, so the next one is called, yeah, just The, the Sovereign's. And it ties in all of one, and it's all linked to these golden keys mm-hmm. that one Turok gets handed one at the end of this issue. Um, end of this issue, I really enjoyed this. I think this was this was maybe the standout. On oh, and Magnus is probably it's probably still my favorite out of all of them so far, but um, this was this it. is up there too. It's great, great art. Alvaro Saraseco is a great get for Dynamite. Like, Absolutely, give him all your money, Dynamite. Agreed. Have him draw it all. Um, so yeah, this is a really really strong end to a great great miniseries. I um, highly recommend everyone pick up all the Sovereign stuff, especially if you're a Valiant fan. Yeah. Or just a superhero fan. Absolutely. We also got the finale to Eugenic, um, issue oh. number three of three. You didn't read this. No, I did. I'm, I just didn't realize this was the end. Uh, I thought it was just going to continue jumping ahead 100 years at a time and just go on forever because well, I this love is the, it. This is the third of three miniseries okay. that are all roughly exploring similar themes, written mm-hmm. by James Tinney and the fourth, um, with art by um, Eric Donovan and uh, colors by Dee Kniff. Um, this iteration of this miniseries, Eugenic, um, told the story of uh like basically there are women are unable to to give birth and so in order to like basically stop the hate um that that humans inflict on each other um a scientist uh like unleashes a virus that yes allows women to start procreating again or giving being able to give birth Mm. um but uh uh in doing so all all children conceived will now be like these freaks of nature. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that like evolution will basically be so ugly that racism won't exist anymore and people won't start killing each other over the way they look. Yeah. Cause everyone looks the same, but different. Like yeah. they're all big, weird purple monsters and they're like more, they need to eat less and sleep less and they're more, they're bigger and stronger and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then, so as it turns out, you know, in the in the light in the second issue, we saw um, that what little what few actual humans are left um, on Earth have, have kind of been like uh, sent to live in like third world conditions, and they they lead a revolution against the uh, the Newmans as that as they're referred mm-hmm. to. And then we jumped two hundred years after that, and this very very um, very good issue mm. uh, 
even though it was a massive exposition dump in in parts where it kind of told the entire story of what's happened in this world. But basically, it's um, the whole issue is from the point of view of a uh, museum worker who uh, works at a museum that's dedicated to kind of like the failures of of this eugenic experience, yeah. experiment and, and why maybe it wasn't as good as like everyone's been programmed to kind of think it's great and, you know, now all art is created by robots and mm. all that kind of thing and um, you, everyone views humans as like, you know, these horrible hatred-filled mm-hmm. people um, that loved wars and stuff like that and the humans are so much more advanced than that. But in, in, in gaining that, we've lost so much of what made us special. Um, yeah. And it ends in quite a shocking way that you, yeah, I wish this would continue. Yeah, I could, I could, I love this series and I like, I feel like it was one that really rewarded you for reading it month to month. It read really well in single. I think it will still real read well in trade, but um, I really enjoyed reading this every month because there wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like you had too much to remember. They sort of, every issue was pretty standalone. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just think it's such a great Great concept, so well executed. I think the art's incredible. Great character yeah. designs too. I ma- the this. main character, this one with his mouth on his forehead, I love yeah. it. It was awesome. Um, yeah, really, really, really cool miniseries. Um, and I'll definitely be tracking down the um, the previous ones uh, by James Tinney and the Fourth, Eric Donovan and Deacon Eve through Boom Studios. Loved it. Also through Boom this week was uh, through the Kaboom All Ages imprint was uh, Rugrats issue number three, written by Box Brown with art by Lisa Dubois, Carolyn Nowak, and Eleonora Bruni. Um, and uh, this is the kind of yeah comic book adaptation, um, new stories basically featuring the beloved Rugrats characters, uh, in which Tommy Pickles and his friends uh, try and take on uh, the technology, technology <laughs> that their parents use to monitor their every every movement throughout the day. Um, it's like you know somewhat of a biting satire, a very very you know gentle broad satire. gentle satire on how addicted to phones and that kind of thing we would become. But uh, I thought it was really strong and good and the art's wonderful. um, I hope, because this is the final issue of this arc, I hope Box Brown does a couple more arcs. Yeah, true. Uh, Because, I mean, undoubtedly we're going to get more issues of Rugrats. Yeah, yeah, whether it's the same team. These two in particular, Lisa Dubois does such a good job of, like, you know, they look like the characters, but it's still her own style um, coming through. I love this. Yeah, this is great. Great. If this is the if this is the first trade, these first three issues, that's a must buy. If you have uh, any uh, love for the the, the Rugrats mm-hmm. series, or you know, know know someone that's like you know twelve or no, mm-hmm. what, what's the perfect age of this? Eight? Yeah. I don't even know. Any, yeah. All ages, all ages, I guess. Just all children. Um, but yeah, this is awesome. This is this is like probably the best licensed comic that I've read since the Flintstones. Yeah. Yeah. Really good fun. Real great shit. Loved it. Um, Valiant this week put out the third issue of. Uh, Eternity. So many books about like parenting and like children and like parents losing their children this week. I need that escape, Siobhan. I'm not getting it from my comic <laughs> books anymore. Um, Matt Kent, Trevor Hairsign, Ryan Wynn, and David Barron, a big creative team on this uh, book, which is the kind of fourth in the uh, what was it? What was it called before Eternity? Divinity. Divinity um, series that they've been doing for Valiant. Um, and yeah, the the the, the child of the um, main characters from Divinity who. Uh, I guess has some crazy powers, has been kidnapped in order to save the universe. And it looks like now we're going to be seeing uh, husband pitted against a wife. Great. Um, it's really, really cool and unique. And I love seeing Abram's story. Uh-huh. Um, this is one of like, yeah, it's, I, I kind of, I think Matt Kent lost his way a little bit on the Exo Manor War book he was writing, but mm-hmm. it's good to see. This is, this is clearly like his, his shit yeah. when it comes to Valiant. Um, I think like this is 
such a good book. And I think you could almost read this without having read the Divinity series. Um, it is definitely improved by having yep. read Divinity, but this is such a cool concept. I like how big he's going and how weird and meta. Um, yeah, I think this is great. Yeah, it's like accessible Grant Morrison. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like still dealing with very big, broad concepts, but doing so in a bit more of a personalized way. Yep. A lot more heart than Morrison puts in his sometimes. I don't know. I think I think Morrison has a big gooey center. I think so too, but sometimes it, when, he, when he goes full, uh, you know, meta, huge concept, sometimes he kind of leaves that at the door. The yeah. Um, I read issue number 165 of, Usa- of, Us- of Usagi Yojimbo by Stan Sakai through uh, Dark Horse this week. This is the finale of the Mousetrap um, little arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that as of 100, issue 166, you're reading. Great. Because, they, you know, he's basically just telling these short little stories. Um, and all you need to know is that the rabbit is a samurai. And I've got that just, covered. It's just like classic yeah, Ronin, Ronin stories. There's, you know, betrayal, there's thieves, but there's honor among some thieves. Oh, yeah. And then there are like different gangs. And uh, this is just, you know, I feel like you could say you've read one Osaka Yojimbo story, you've read them all, which I guess is somewhat true, but it's a great story. And Stan Sakai's artwork is brilliant. And uh, it's a story that I like reading over Absolutely. and over Absolutely. It's one of those books, like, it reminds me of like really long running manga series, like, um, like Tezuka's blackjack mm-hmm. i'm always like i have like 20 volumes of that on my shelf and i'm always like oh, do i need them but each story is so incredible that yes i do need all of them shut up nate yep it's real good shut stop up stop trying to get rid of my manga <laughs> uh did you read long lost issue number two yes i did <clears throat> out oh. through scout comics uh this is the cool and strange like horror yes kind of yet book. another like tumblr horror horror thing <laughs> tumblr horror <laughs> um written by matthew ehrman with awesome uh unique art by lisa Stirl. Beautiful um, art, and I love book. it in black and white. I love yep. black and white comics, guys. Um, so a sister returns to visit her sister, um, and there's lots of like kind of unsaid things between them. Mm-hmm. Um, Weird and, family shit going on. And meanwhile, then there's this like it's dark presence of monsters that uh, may be targeting one of the sisters. But this issue ends with them alone in the woods with a broken down car, and that always ends well in horror movies. Yes. So I don't see why that would translate badly for our characters in uh, in a comic book. Absolutely. Agreed. I love this. Um, I think this is like really unique, really atmospheric, really uneasy feeling. Um, I think it's like clever. I love the like sister relationship. I think that's really spot on. Um, Made me miss my sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's like, you know, it's very, very good at kind of like talking about like using the language of horror. It will just suddenly cut to like Mm -hmm. a tableau of like, like there's one one part where you see like a bunch of hooded witches drop a heart into a well, mm. and then it just cuts away. That's not explained at all, and we get back to the story. Um, it's great. Yeah, it's really really uneasy, unsettling kind of imagery interspersed yeah. with like a you know a family story. Love it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next. I'm I'm not a horror person in general like i don't like horror movies they make me really yeah, uncomfortable but i love horror comics i think it's because yeah. you can read them like at your own pace so the scares are less difficult um i also read misfit city mm-hmm. which like i just don't even want to talk about the story because i've kind of lost the track of what's going on i just want to talk about what a good cartoonist naomi Ooh, frank Francoise, Frankies. <laughs> anyway she's incredible frank- frankie probably frankie um just the character designs are so good. There's so much differentiation between the characters' faces, which is not something you necessarily see that often. Um, I love it. 
I want to see more from her, but I've just kind of lost track of what's going on in this series specifically. Yeah, I agree with you. That, that first issue seems so uncomplicated and yeah. it just kind of got very lost in the story yeah. uh, pretty quickly. It was unfortunate because it was a great start to this series. And I, I love like I love the characters yeah, me too. in it. I just don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, I also read issue four of Lazaretto. Did you read this? Talked about it last week. Boots? You were oh, right in front of me. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good. <laughs> Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's a great series. So horrifying. So um, much horror. This is the one where the... Uh, this was probably the most horrifying remember I told, thing I read. I told you how, how how grim it got. Yeah. So this is like the one where like they're, a bunch of kids start out of college and a virus breaks out and, um, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hints at them turning into zombies and has all. it's gone even one step further. Yeah, with them losing their skin. Yeah, all the all of the zombies have lost their skin, and the our heroes get like crowd surfed to the main bad guys' room by a sea of horrible skinless zombies. Which is like, this is the thing. Like, if that was a movie, I would be like, this is too far for me. I can't deal with it. But in comic form, I'm like, this is too far for me. I'm going to continue reading. Yeah, yeah. And, it uh, is incredible. Yeah, and horrifying. It's a great book. It's one of the cool surprises of the last year, I think. Yeah, Boomer doing Boomer doing incredible things at the moment. I think and the new image, Shimon. Yeah, I, mean, I still go out there and say it. <laughs> boom, boom, the new image. Good. I think you should stick to that. Yeah, good. <laughs> An image of the new uh, Vertigo. Yeah, sure. And Vertigo is the new Xenoscope. Okay, great. We did it. <laughs> um, Chasing Hitler, issue number two of four through Red Five Comics. You already made a joke know. about that being Chasing Amy's sequel, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah never mind. Um, Red Five Comics are the new. You want to take a stab at that one? Um, Kevin Smith. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but I, I'm I'm I, I I'm I'm sold on this as a premise just because of the title. It's called Chasing Hitler. It's great. How could it not be good? The first issue was not good, unfortunately. Yeah, was the second, issue good? second issue Yeah, it's getting better. They're actually chasing Hitler. Oh, finally. Um, but that's the extent of the review. I'll let you know if they chase Hitler even more in issue three. Nice. <laughs> um, so that is it for the show. Um, uh, I would go through like all the books that you should uh, pick up next week, but you've probably already got them by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, it's too late. Um, and uh, f- for those of you that were like, God damn it, they've forgotten all the comics that they, that they were talking about, uh, don't worry, we're recording at the end of this week. Yes. So we, we, we'll, we'll be a lot more clear of what we're, uh, what we're talking about. Yeah. This week was confusing for me because I've already started reading this week's so comics. I didn't. Hmm. But I, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been... I've been on like six flights since I since I started reading the comics, and I read them on various flights, and then Hectic. I DJed to different crowds, and then I, then I lay in the in the beach for a while and forgot everything. Good, um, but this is still fun to do, right? It's fun to listen to, right? Yeah, right? come on, guys, still, you still, still good, like right? us, right? <laughs> Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, reviews of this week's comics. Yes. Um, and then, like honestly, by the end of January, all will be well. We'll, we'll have to do one massive action-packed catch-up episode. Mm-hmm. We might have a special guest or two uh, mm-hmm. to help us um, get through it all. Get through <laughs> it all. Yeah, but um, uh, it'll be fun. Stay, stick with us, serious issueites. Mm. I won't never call you that again. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but you can find us online facebook.com slash uh, serious issues podcast or join our group which is facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcast you can find us on patreon and support us kick us a few bucks and get some uh, extra bonus episodes from us there um, at patreon.com slash serious issues podcast uh, you can find us on twitter serious underscore underscore issues or individually at levdog l-e-v-d-a-w-g that's me and siobhan is at siobhan c-b-g um, and you can send us a good old-fashioned email to uh serious issues at kingscomics.com yeah i mean you could even see it, send us a letter send and it to kings siobhan's phone number is five 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 
five five five five. Sounds legit to me. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you send Siobhan a text, and uh, <laughs> see you next week. Bye, guys. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.